0: You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day.
0: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisco, along with your host, James Rapine. Today we're going to talk about OTAs opening up on Tuesday, what we're looking for. James, you will be there in attendance, in person, for Tuesday at least. You'll be able to do an eyewitness report, and I think this conversation starts with Joe Burrow, because on Monday, we got another workout video for Joe Burrow doing some upper body work with Black Sheep Performance in Cincinnati, getting his recovery on, and looks like he's maybe added a little bit of muscle in the upper body, but it's always hard to tell about these things and he never looked particularly slim or or unfit in the first place, but he's looking strong. That being said, the first thing to watch for is, will Joe Burrow be out there? That's the thing that every single person at OTAs is going to be looking for is number nine in a jersey and on the field.
1: That certainly is the question that we're all asking. And I would be surprised if we saw him, if he was throwing or, or jumping or running or moving uh, during the open portion or the, the portion of practice that's open to the media. Because one, it's, it's one day. So it's this Tuesday, next Tuesday, and the following Tuesday, the media will be there. The other days, Wednesday, Thursday, in each of the next three weeks, starting this week, media isn't going to be there. So if you're the Bengals, it's pretty easy to hide Joe Burrow if you want to. And is there any downside to doing so? So I don't expect to see Joe Burrow there, uh, you know, working out necessarily. He might be in a jersey. He may stretch with the team a little bit or something like that. So hopefully we at least see him on the field. But throwing passes, I would love to see it. I just think he'll probably do that before the media is able to get in or maybe after the media is there and on his own. And heck, maybe he'll squeeze in a a workout or two, at black sheet performance in between. So
0: let me ask a clarifying question because you're there for the next, three Tuesdays, is it going to be like a regular practice where you're there for like the first half hour and then they throw you out? Or are you there for the entire OTA period on those Tuesdays?
1: Entire OTA period. So that is the good part. Now there's only a portion and it's a majority of the practice that we can video. And then there's part of it where we we can't video when They'll be doing more formation stuff instead of individual and position drills. Um, At least that was the case during rookie minicamp. I think that's going to be the case again Tuesday. So if Joe throws, we should see him, assuming again he does it during that practice and not at 9 a.m. before media arrives or at 1 p.m. after the media arrives, right? And and that's kind of the the debate because I I think we all know he's throwing and and he's going to throw on Tuesday. It's just... Will he do it when the media is in the stands and, and paying attention at practice?
0: You know, I really don't see why, why he wouldn't do it. I mean, Jesse Bates talked to Butch, uh, mm-hmm. what was it, a week ago? Or, or, yeah, I think it was last week when he was talking about why the veterans are going in. And part of the reason, according to Bates, was Joe said he wanted to throw. And we know he's working out. We know he worked out with CJ Zama. We know he worked out with Jamar Chase. We know he's throwing. We've seen video of him with Jordan Palmer dropping back and and throwing passes. Is there a reason to to not put him out there and just generate that excitement as soon as possible? The reason would be if, if he's not ready for it, right? If he's not ready to do that level of activity. But based on what Bates is saying, and Joe wants to throw, I mean, if he's ready for it, if he's medically cleared, and, he, and I think he is to drop back, he can't roll out. But if he's just dropping back and throwing, you, I, I feel like that is like a 50-50-ish. It, maybe not tomorrow, <laughs> Tuesday, but maybe
1: in the next couple of weeks, you know? Sure. I, I, think, I think a couple of weeks from now after he starts working with these guys regularly. I mean, the first time he threw to Jamar Chase as a member at the Bengals was last week. So I, I think when that happens and, and maybe they get into a little rhythm, could, could we see that later this month? Could we see that at minicamp? Absolutely. I just I feel like they're going to be conservative here for maybe no reason at all. Other than do we need to put that out there into the world right now? Do we need to? Because we think about it. Think about how close to the vest Duke Tobin has been. Zach Taylor has been when asked about Burrow. There's videos out there of Burrow throwing and Zach's like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen him throw. (laughs) That's a lie. Come on now, Zach. I'm sure you have. And, and uh, maybe at the time he hadn't, my point is though, uh, at least in person, but my point is they're going to be conservative if we know this organization. So I would be surprised if we saw him on Tuesday throwing that being said, I would love it. And I'm absolutely going to record it. Assuming the Bengals let me, and it's during that, that, uh, that open period where we're allowed to record. So if so, buckle up, cause we'll have some video as well. I feel like we'll at least see him on the field. There should be
0: live video and photographic evidence of Joe Burrow in a Bengals uniform. Hopefully they have him in the new number nine, because I don't know if you you noticed from the rookie camp, they didn't have all the new practice jerseys yet, so they had some guys in the old block numbers that looked like they're like 20 years old, and and Jamar Chase in his new number one, because nobody's worn number one, so they had to
1: make him one. Uh, I wonder if they'll have the new jerseys ready this week for OTAs. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I mean, everyone's freaking out because I guess AJ Green's jersey was the only one that could have been worn by Trent Taylor. And it looked again, it was the old design. But uh, yeah, that uh, that would be cool to see him in the New Jersey stretch with the team. Maybe he's throwing like little warm up tosses on the sideline or something, things that he could have done a month after surgery. Right. And so I, I do wonder. Uh, If we'll at least see that. And and hopefully we do, because that uh, that means Christmas has come a bit early in Cincinnati. I, for
0: whatever reason, James, am bullish on Joe Burrow participating in a limited fashion in OTAs. I don't know why this doesn't feel like a thing that I would usually think would would be Mm -hmm. something that could happen. But for whatever reason, I'm feeling like he's going to be participating in, in some fashion. You
1: know, something. You, I don't. You're pulling a you're pulling a Jake Schefter here, right? A Jake Rappaport. What what do you got? Come on, break the news now. Break the news now, insider. I don't know anything.
0: I'm just putting it together, right? Like we've seen him drop back. We know that he's able to do it. We know that he threw with Jamara and CJ. I'm just I'm just putting that all together and thinking that plus the Jesse Bates quote, if part of the reason they're doing this as veterans is because Joe said he wants to throw, well, Joe's gonna throw.
1: That's true. i I will say that yeah if joe's like hey i'm throwing is zach gonna be like no you're not
0: well (laughs) i mean i would hope so if he's not ready for it you know but like you got to protect him from himself but if he is ready for it and it seems like he is uh, that's all i'm saying
1: i i would be shocked though you're right like if if he's medically cleared to do something and the team's like no you're not doing this during the open media period i i don't know if joe would necessarily push back but it would uh I guess I don't think the team would say no at that point. Yeah. If if Joe's like, yeah, I want to do this, I think he's just going to do it.
0: That's all I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just saying, if if Joe wants to throw and he's
1: medically cleared to do it, I mean, who's going to tell that guy no? Certainly not me. I want as many throws as possible. By the way, should I keep a completion, incompletion tracker of Joe Burrow's throwing, even if it's on air? Are we at that level yet? I mean, that happens at training camp. Should we go there if if he throws on Tuesday? Actually, you know what? I hesitated
0: for a second, but of course, everything is content. Everything is content. <laughs> this included and we have more content for you coming up next, OTAs. A lot more to watch for than just Joe Burrow. We'll talk about some of the other storylines as we head into the off-season program coming up next.
1: Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. It is comeback season for Joe Burrow in the Bengals and maybe you think he's going to win comeback player of the year. Or maybe you think the Bengals are going to win a bunch of games and surprise people. Well, you can bet on those things at betonline.ag. Plus, maybe you think that Jamar Chase is going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year or that Joseph Asai is going to be Defensive Rookie of the Year. Either way, you can wager on both things at BetOnline. Plus, the NBA playoffs in full swing, Major League Baseball, regular season action, NHL, UFC, MMA, all in one spot. Get off the sidelines. Get in on the action. Head to betonline.ag right now. And when you sign up and make your first deposit, use promo code locked on, you're gonna get a 50% welcome bonus. It's that simple. BetOnline.ag, promo code locked on, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
0: Bilt Bar has nine delicious full-time flavors. And when you talk to a Bilt Bar fan like James Rapine, like myself, they're passionate about their favorites. It used to be mint brownie for James Rapine. And that can change when Built Bar brings out new delicious flavors like coconut brownie chunk. If you don't know them all, here's a quick rundown. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, plus the occasional limited time release. There's something for everybody. And if you're not sure which one you'll like, you can get a mixed box, two of each of the nine flavors in an 18 bar box. Most of them have about 17 grams of protein, about 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar. Order today. Get that raspberry or mint brownie or the limited edition whatever's out right now. You'll find something you love at BuiltBar.com. And when you do, use promo code LOCK15 to save 15% on your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. James, let's go back and forth a little bit here and talk about some of the big or interesting or mysterious storylines that we'll be watching as the Bengals convene for their offseason practices. We're a little bit more than two months away from training camp when the start of the season will officially be upon us. And this is really the next four weeks, the last football content we have until that point. So let's start with you, James. Besides whether Joe Burrow participates or not, what is the first thing that you're going to be watching for when you're in the stands at Paul Brown Stadium starting on Tuesday?
1: The trenches, the trenches, the the area where the Bengals have lost and lost and lost over the past couple of years. Now, it's going to be hard, right, to, to see a ton because they're not going to be super physical. You're not going to have... The, you know, this offensive line going up against the defensive line, like you will at times in training camp and certainly in the preseason. But still, that's that's the area that they've invested so many assets in over the past couple of years. You, you look at the defensive line. Obviously, they brought in DJ Reader last year. But you add four defensive linemen in the draft, two in free agency with Trey Hendrickson and Larry Joby. I just, I, I want to feel like, there's more quality bodies there. And on paper, it feels like that. But in the problem is we don't know exactly how many of these veterans are going to be there. But just seeing the defensive line, how does it stack up? How does it look? Uh, what's the feel? What, what does that look like? Marion Hobby, his first interactions with some of these guys. Then flip it. A lot has been made about Frank Pollock and, and what he can do with this offensive line. And obviously there's four new offensive lineman, you add a fifth in Quentin Spain because he only played half the season last year with the Bengals, and and how does that look? How is the feel there? Uh, how much one-on-one time does Frank Pollock get with these guys? Because that's the difference between this offseason and last offseason. This stuff is in person. These young offensive linemen that have a lot to prove, and it's not just the newcomers, right? You, you got guys like Akeem Adenogy, Fred Johnson, uh, Michael Jordan, all guys that have a lot to prove, to a new offensive line coach now and Pollock's going to be able to get his hands on him and hopefully improve their technique so that that's the number one thing outside of is Joe throwing how do the trenches look and how do these new coaches in the trenches on the offensive line and defensive line work with these all these new faces because there's just a, a bunch of them
0: and as you said it's always extremely hard to evaluate these guys in OTAs because they're not full go, they're not full contact. Any eleven on eleven, any seven on seven, nine on seven, any of that stuff. There's there's no contact. I, I would assume the Bengals will have even less than they could in terms of intensity because we did hear that there was some back and forth. It sounded like between. The coaches and the players. When you go read that Hobson article I talked about earlier with Jesse Bates talking about why they wanted to go and and convene for OTAs, sounds like there's some back and forth, some negotiations. So it'll be interesting to see what intensity level, what um contact level they have in OTAs. That'll be something interesting to watch. And what you can watch and what we will be observing in these OTAs is where guys lining up, who's lining up with with each unit, is Trey Hopkins on the field at all? Is, is he working with these guys in any capacity? Is he on the rehab field? Is he not there? Is he just in the workout room, in the tunnels, and, and you don't see any of them? Because Trey Hopkins' health is obviously a big deal. I mean, you talk about young guys with something to prove. I think the only name you didn't mention is former first-round pick Billy Price, who may be counted on to start at center this year if Trey Hopkins isn't ready. So certainly something to watch there. And on top of that, what's the first unit? Not that you can necessarily learn a lot from this, especially if there isn't 100% attendance at this point in the offseason program. But who's the first unit? Where are guys lined up? Where is Hakeem Adenergy taking those reps? After Dave Lapham speculated that he might get work in the left guard race. Is he taking reps at guard? Is he taking reps at tackle? Where's rookie Deontay Smith? taking his reps after he played all over the line at the Senior Bowl. Do the Bengals see him as a potential guard depth option this year as he's learning the ropes in the NFL? So a lot there on the offensive line. On the defensive line, I think similar questions in terms of alignment, in terms of rotations, in terms of who's getting out there with whom, starts to give some insight into perhaps some of the ideas of the packages we'll see this team try to implement in the 2021 season. Another storyline, James, that I think we will be watching in OTAs this year, some of the guys that didn't get to play with this team last year. So how about newcomers? And we talked about some of the new faces in the trenches, obviously. But taking a broader view, how about Trey Waynes? That's a guy that was a big, splashy signing last year. Suffered that torn pec before training camp even opened. Well, now we get a chance to maybe see him in a Bengals practice jersey for the first time get to see him going against Jamar Chase potentially see how he stacks up against this really good receiving core and speaking of uh Jamar Chase how about Jamar Chase just as a guy to watch the first round pick everybody's always watching the first round pick and you know Jackson Carmen obviously will be scrutinized in in every way as the Bengals look to plug him in at right guard but Jamar Chase with the the three new starting corners for the Bengals this year in Trey Waynes, Cheeto Bayouzier, and Mike Hilton. How about that wide receiver corner battle in two two positions that the Bengals have invested heavily in? Could be a fun little battle in, in OTAs, especially when it is, you know, seven on seven, and it really is
1: corner versus receiver for the most part. Yeah, that's what I'm excited to see is, these corners because they were hand picked, right? The, these were targeted over the past couple of seasons. These corners against a guy like Jamar Chase, who hasn't played football now in over a year against live competition, absolutely is in shape and training and all that stuff, but it's going to be different. And when you're the fifth overall pick, these veterans are coming for you. Trey Waynes has something to prove. He's fighting for that third year uh, of the deal that he signed with the Bengals, right? He, he's He's got to earn that now. Otherwise, you know, if he struggles this year, he could easily become a cap casualty. You know, Mike Hilton certainly wants to earn that and, and kind of set the culture and and all of that stuff. He he's kind of sat down or talked with Jeff Hobson about part of the reason why the veterans wanted to come to OTAs. Chidobe Awuzie, can he rebound after what happened in Dallas last year? And so they all have a little something to prove. And when you're going up against the fifth pick, it's going to be fun. And, and I, I do hope we see enough seven-on-seven seven where you can uh, – You can't see them matched up because it's going to make Jamar Chase better and get him ready uh, for what it's going to be like, not only in training camp in the preseason, but what it's going to be like week one against the Vikings against probably a Patrick Peterson type guy or or, uh, Dantzler as well. Right. He's in Minnesota. So one of those guys that will have to face
0: and Dantzler, of course, famously gave him some problems (laughs) back in college. We talked about it last week. And yeah, I mean, these wide receiver corner matchups are going to be fun. Right. A. The the very athletic guy coming off of injury. Seeing T. Higgins back coming off of his hamstring. Is that hamstring 100%? Because I don't believe it was ever 100% from his pro day on last year. We know he injured that hamstring. He missed the combine. He was limited at his pro day. And then he was dealing with it all year in Cincinnati. Is that hamstring healthy? Is is Trey Wayne's going to be healthy this year coming off the pec? Is Awuzier going to be healthy? And how about Trey Hendrickson? Speaking of newcomers, just to talk about another splashy signing. And we, we've already talked about the trenches, so don't have to go too far into this. But Trey Hendrickson and, and getting DJ Reeder back. A lot of guys coming back off injury. That it's going to be really nice to see how they're performing, how healthy they look. And just to see them back on the field, if they're on the field in some cases, uh, with some of these newcomers, that's going to be pretty exciting. I think especially in this first week of OTAs. And we'll have you covered for all of the breaking stories coming out of OTA. So make sure you keep it locked on the Locked On Bengals podcast. Follow wherever you get your podcasts. Although I do know that iTunes is having problems right now. So maybe check out some of the other platforms if you're having issues there. Coming up next, we talk a little bit about PFF's offensive line rankings. They just ranked every position.
1: And it's safe to say the Bengals won the Ryan Finley trade. There's nothing worse than having unreliable transportation, and with the weather getting hotter, you got to keep your car up to date and on the road, and rockauto.com can help you do that. You don't want to overheat. You don't want your AC going out. They have the parts to keep those things and so much more. In order as you try to get from point A to point B safely. Rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for more than two decades. I've used them and you should too because you're saving time. It's convenient. You can order from the comfort of your own home and the parts are shipped directly to you and you're also saving money because the prices are the same for you as they are for professionals that do this for a living. So get in. On that discount now, save money, save time at rockauto.com. Go there now, see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Ryan
0: Finley did not make it very long for the Houston Texans, James, and he'll be replaced by another former Bengal, sounds like, signing Jeff Driscoll to play quarterback in Houston spells the end. For Ryan Finley, fresh off his primetime victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers, he will not get his chance down in Houston. But for the Bengals, they turned Ryan Finley, who was going to be cut and eventually was cut by the Texans, into a pick swap that turned into Chris Evans. So I'd say the Bengals, safely and soundly, won that trade. Even if Chris Evans doesn't play this year, I I would say they won
1: that trade. At least they got to take a swing at somebody kind of funny. Chris Evans, as in not that he's been given this title yet, but in a perfect world, he would be Giovanni Bernard's replacement. Once upon a time, the Bengals traded Carson Palmer and used one of those picks to get Giovanni Bernard. Now another quarterback deal could lead to his replacement. That might be a little wishful thinking, but you're right. Anything you can get for Ryan Finley is great. I was shocked at the trade at the time that they could move up from mid seventh round to low end sixth round, but they were able to do that. Right. And, uh, it, uh, it paid off because they're getting a guy in Chris Evans that might end up contributing as a rookie. I
0: I like that comparison. The orders of magnitude of quality or, or pedigree in difference between those quarterbacks and those running backs is, is a gulf. It's a, it's a chasm. It's a massive divide. But I like the parallel you drew there. That's nice. The the quarterback for third down (laughs) running back and pass protector. I hope Chris Evans is that caliber of pass protector or even like 80% of the Giovanni Bernard of pass protection. Because that is something that he, according to Dame Brugler, was pretty good at, pretty aware with and has the body to do it. So excited to see Chris Evans in the upcoming OTAs as well and see how he's acclimating in that running back battle because there are battles all over the field. But to go back to the biggest storyline of camp, James, that you talked about the offensive line PFF put out its ranking of the top 32 players at each offensive line position, offensive tackle, offensive guard, and center. The Bengals have two players on these three lists and they're exactly who you might think they are. Unless you think one of them might be Riley reef. He didn't quite make the cut at tackle, but Jonah Williams did Jonah Williams on the tackle list. Comes in at 24, right behind Colton Miller from the Raiders, right ahead of Lyle Collins from the Cowboys. 24, very solid, right? This includes both sides of the tackle position, left and right tackle. This is saying that, hey, this is a guy that is in the top, you know, third or so of NFL tackles. And you take that, right? And, and Jonah Williams, if he's healthy, he should be ascending. He's still a young player got to learn the league a little bit last year. And I would have to think that under Frank Pollock, instead of Jim Turner, the arrow should be pointing up for the
1: Bengals young left tackle. If there was a guy that you'd put money on to make the biggest leap this year, it might be a Jonah Williams, right? Mm -hmm. Because he got some experience last year. You, You feel like you upgraded the offensive line coaching and as long as he can stay healthy, which he did at Alabama, right, it's just been a little bit of bad luck here, then he should take a leap. And so I, I have no problem with this ranking, and I wouldn't be shocked at all if he's much higher in the mid-teens next year at this time, if he does take that leap and jump up.
0: For what it's worth, James, a couple players that Jonah Williams is ranked ahead of on this list. Daryl Williams, the Buffalo Bills right tackle that we coveted before he decided to return to Buffalo. Makai Becton, last year, rookie tackle out of New York. And Penne Sewell. Penne Sewell coming in at 31 on this list, well behind Jonah Williams at 24. So some guys that uh, Jonah is ahead of, including the guy that a lot of people thought should be drafted to replace him. This is according to PFF, of course, which I'll repeat every time we talk about him. Certainly not the be-all, end-all, but is relatively consistent when comparing like to like. Also of note on this list, Andrew Whitworth. The ageless one, 15th, slipping a little bit from his peak. But you still love to see Andrew Whitworth still going. At least I do. I I mean, I hold no ill will there toward him, and I I would like to see him continue to play at a high
1: level. I think they docked him for his injury. I mean, he played great last year before his injury, and even they said it. He he was one of the five highest-graded tackles in the NFL through 10 weeks, allowing just six hurries and no sacks or hits in nine games, and then he got injured. So he would be much higher if he had stayed healthy. And that is the question mark now at at this stage of his career. At 39, can Andrew Whitworth still be an elite tackle? We'll see.
0: Yeah, it's tough. It's tough at that age. Let's talk about centers next because this is the other place the Bengals are represented, and Trey Hopkins comes in on this list at 17th. He is just behind the rookie Creed Humphrey from the Kansas City Chiefs. Which is a little surprising to me to see that much love for Creed Humphrey, but I know they were high on him going into the draft. But the top three here, this is what kind of hurts a little bit. If you wanted the Bengals to make a splash, Rodney Hudson changed teams. He went to the Arizona Cardinals from the Raiders this summer or this spring. Corey Lindsley, free agent signing with the Los Angeles Chargers, comes in second, and, and the real gut punch is Frank Ragnow, third on this list after the Detroit Lions sniped him away from the Bengals a few years ago. But hey, Trey Hopkins making it about a top half of the league center, a very average center according to PFF, and that is about right. He's a steady, solid player, and if he gets back healthy, that
1: is a boon for the offensive line. And that's the thing. If you have average center play and not league-worst guard play, then you can be uh, an extremely functional offensive line with a guy like Jonah who's 24th and a proven veteran like Riley Reef on the right side. So I think that's the Bengals' vision in that devastating knee injury in Week 17 and a blowout loss, heartbreaking. But hopefully Trey Hopkins, and he is a pro's pro much like Joe Burrow, I bet he's attacking his rehab just like Burrow, and hopefully he can be out there for Week 1. But uh, the key to me, even if Trey's out there, guard play. Hopefully the guards can be, and I expect them to be, but uh, better than they were last season when it was just dreadful and really hard to watch.
0: And right now the Bengals do not have any of the top 32 guards in the NFL, according to PFF. And this list is a little bit painful to look at, much like the top three at center. If you wanted the Bengals to make a splash, you move there or you're still upset about Frank Ragnow, there's some guys on this list that the Bengals could have been in the mix to sign. And of course, Joe Tooney coming in at number three behind only Quentin Nelson and Zach Martin That one hurts a little bit because the Bengals got severely outbid as Kansas City went for it. They're certainly in win now mode, but then there's some other guys that maybe were more realistic options in some ways. Andrew Norwell goes back to Jacksonville, never quite hit the market, but Kevin Zeitler, who we talked about potentially coming back to Cincinnati, comes in at 14th on this list. He's going to Baltimore, and, and PFF wonders if, if a scheme change will be friendly for Zeitler landing in Baltimore. What's noteworthy to me about this one is he comes in ahead of David DeCastro, and these two guys linked for that draft, still linked, and back-to-back on this list. But some other free agents here, or, or guys that changed teams, Gabe Jackson, Graham Glasgow. It's just one of those things that if the Bengals don't figure it out at guard, we're going to look back at this list and wonder Man, if they had just gone after one of these guys a little bit harder and signed one of these guys, how different might it be? But there's also another world where, where, hey, Jackson Carmen is ready to go at right guard and the competition at left guard produces something that Frank Pollock likes and has molded into a starting caliber left guard. And we don't think about this anymore. But just looking at this now in May, if there's one spot that we're still shaky about, I think it's, well, they figure it out at left guard. And and maybe one of these guys would have erased some of those questions. And kind of goes to the point of, you know, we're, Bengals fans you see are defensive about the offensive line. And there was a good stripe stripe hype, I think, did a post on this. There, there are a lot of fans that are optimistic about the offensive line, but at the same time are like, oh, there's an offensive lineman available. Morgan Moses, let's go get him. And, mm-hmm. and... So when we look at a list like this at guard, you think, well, one of these guys could have made a
1: difference. Kevin Zeitler's the one for me, yeah. not, not that other ones couldn't have. But to me, the Bengals like familiarity, historically, You can't get much more familiar than a guy like Kevin Zeitler, who you drafted in the first round. Once upon a time, you didn't have to pay huge money like you would for a Joe Tooney. And while he might be a little out of his prime, still 14th on this list. And what makes it worse, Jake, is by all accounts, they were in the running. But then he goes to Baltimore, where I think he's just going to be great in their scheme with their rushing attack that already demolishes the Bengals. And and he's just a really good fit there. So, uh, you know, and he got a three year deal in Baltimore and I forget the guarantees, but maybe part of it was the Bengals just wanted to give him two years. But that's the one that really stands out where it's like, oh, he was there. There was familiarity. He was released. It wasn't going to affect the compensatory pick selection. None of that. It would have been perfect and uh, they couldn't get it done. And not only did they not get it done, but the Ravens a a rival, a team that they're competing against twice a year. And in the division, they ended up getting him
0: another former Bengals lineman, maybe goes to Baltimore to finish his career. If this is indeed the last stop for Kevin Zeitler, don't like saying those words, but I will like saying words on tomorrow's show, James, when we have OTA news to deliver to you, the listeners of the locked on Bengals podcast until then day and have a good one